0: I'm Chris Nessie, host of Behind the Mic, Voices of the EPN, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned, and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com.
1: Hello. Everybody, and welcome to another great episode of My EdTech Life. Thank you so much for joining us on this wonderful evening. As always, it is a pleasure to be here with you today, bringing you some amazing conversations. I am excited about today's episode because we're going to be talking about one of my favorite things to implement in the classrooms and something that I really push for as far as not only learning experiences, but amplifying creativity. So I'm really thrilled about today's conversation. But before we introduce our amazing guest, I just want to say thank you to each and every single one of you for all the likes, the shares, the follows. Thank you so much for all of your continued support in making my edtech life what it is today. And I definitely want to give a big, huge shout out to Goose Chase for sponsoring my edtech life. Thank you so much. So if you guys are interested in Goose Chase, please make sure you visit goosechase.com and you can use code myedtech10 to take 10% off any plan, whether it's a district, whether it's a personal plan or whether it's a classroom plan, make sure you check them out and show them some love. So thank you so much, Goose Chase, for your support. And ladies and gentlemen, again, I'm so excited to have here a wonderful person. I've connected with him at a couple of conferences. We definitely have some great conversations. He is definitely very busy and he is just a wonderful face. For we Video, and he does so much for the video community and the educator community as well as like I said I'm a big fan of bringing video into the classroom and today we get to talk about one of my favorite platforms to use in the classroom so today I would love to welcome Mr. Ryan Kochavar to the show Ryan how are you doing this evening.
0: Hey, thanks for having me. I'm doing really well. I'm um, really happy to be here and uh, excited to to talk with you about all things uh, multimedia creation.
1: Oh, I love it. And I, I'm so excited because I know you and I have had some conversations in the past and, yep. uh, you know, absolutely loving what We Video has done, what it's doing. And hopefully today, maybe we'll get to hear a little bit about what you know may be coming if there's anything coming. We know that it's a brand new school year. We're yep. starting, and I know many schools have already gone well into the school year for us. We're five weeks in and you know, just really excited to just get back into it with our students. But Brian, before we get into all things multimedia video creation. You know, as you know, I always love to start the show with the superhero origin story and many people may say oh superheroes i was like well guess what you know a lot of people that come on here on the show and actually that are guests i really liken them to superheroes because they're doing some amazing stuff in the education space whether it's again working for amazing platforms training teachers and you know creating products or working with products that really help amplify learning and amplify creativity Definitely superheroes in my book, and as we know, every superhero has an origin story. So Ryan, can you tell us a little bit about your personal superhero origin story?
0: Uh, sure. I love the framing of that. It's really great setup to uh, to talk about uh, how I how we've gotten from where we came from to where we are now. And so um, I'm glad to glad to share that with everyone out there and with you. I, I think um, I didn't take the most uh straight path from from to edtech i i uh took more of a circuitous route into where i am today so um you know i've been in education for almost 15 years now i started out as an elementary school teacher uh back in 2011 um teaching 3rd and 4th grade um and at that time i mean we had google classroom and that was about it and that was you know the beginnings of of folks really understanding the value of technology with students, and even as young as, as fourth grade, you know, starting to to use technology um, with with young people. And, and so I, I got my first taste of it uh, back then, even if it was just a little taste. Um, I knew I was interested in it. I knew I was interested in in using that uh, technology with with kids. So I taught only for a couple of years in the formal uh, classroom, and then and then I migrated to uh, informal. Uh, learning, so I, I worked as an after-school program instructor. Eventually, became a, a director, um, and uh, we were really focused at that time on um, maker-centered learning and uh, STEAM STEM programming uh, for for young people in elementary school and middle school. So um, <clears throat> I really got deep into the maker world. Uh, I completed a make- maker educator certificate through Sonoma State University. I'm based in Northern California, so um, you know, went through that program. Uh, started writing uh, curriculum and designing learning experiences for for uh, making um, in the, in the physical space, but also making in the digital space. So we were doing a lot with programs like Scratch and Roblox and Minecraft, which now you know is is well throughout the education landscape. At the time, it was just starting. So I, I really got immersed in the world of education technology through my time working with young people in the after school space. Um, designing these learning experiences, and um, you know, found my way to uh, to a master's program that specialized in ed tech. I w- I wanted to study initially education technology for early childhood education and looking at how to design maker um, centered learning experiences for uh, elementary school students, but specifically for lo- for lower primary students, K through two. Um, you know, uh, COVID hit, and um, my research had to change. I couldn't get in person with 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 young people or with those, with those youngest learners. So I switched gears a little bit to study, um, digital storytelling and uh, multimedia creation in the classroom and how that's connected to educational technology. And, and, you know, after that program wrapped up, um, I found my way to we video. So that's, that's where I am today. You know, I get to engage a lot of our users and, uh, share how powerful the, um, the tools of multimedia creation can be for both teachers and students. And, and using my background and things that I learned about designing for learning and designing these hands-on um, you know multifaceted experiences for students really has contributed to the work that I've brought uh, to We video and how we look at the, the powerful ways um, engaging students can be through, for, through these multimedia projects and through you know, storytelling more specifically.
1: Oh, man, absolutely. I, I love everything that you said. I mean, it kind of reminds me just a little bit about my own personal journey, but of course, not as extensive in the experience that you have that came out a little bit later on. But I love the fact, you know, how passionate you are and really thinking outside the box. Like you said, you know, you were doing a lot of these things before, you know, it, it kind of blew up, you know, I was starting to get some attention. So mm-hmm. I would like to say that you were probably wearing the cool band shirt before the band was cool. So that's that is great. But, you know, just the passion that, that you're describing going into the classroom and then working in after school and really focusing on that makerspace, that uh-huh. hands on learning. So I just want to ask, you know, before we we dive into more of that multimedia and, and make that tie, sure. uh, you know, for yourself, you know, as you know, an adolescent growing up or a child growing up was, you know, making something like, you know, working hands on and and. You know, creating, building stuff Was that something that you had grown up doing And that's why you brought that passion into the classroom Or was that something that you kind of just, you know Played around with a little bit later And then just absolutely just, you know Immersed yourself in it
0: Um, So I can't trace a direct line to like my adolescence Or my time in school I had a very mundane experience in school I wasn't the best student I was, you know, uh, I don't, I don't know. It just didn't didn't click for me at all. Phases of 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 my time in formal education. So I, I can't I can't do that. But I can. I mean, I was an, a fanatic with Legos, and that kind of like engineering mindset or that building mindset that you can that you can get from Legos is something that translated, I think, into what I saw from from the hands-on experiences we were able to provide those young people when I was working in that that industry. One thing I will say is that I did have you know experience throughout high school and in early college of working um, either with my dad around the house or just like picking up odd jobs in the summers. Uh, one summer I spent like installing solar installation systems or one summer I spent just painting houses with a friend's dad, right? And those those engaging like hands-on making um, things that we were doing, um, I definitely think contributed. But it's not, it's it wasn't like I was doing those specific things that I did with young people that drew me to that. It was more like this what I saw as a mindset that you could instill in young people through the actual creation of something that they've personally made and the real deep learning that happens when that's going on. And just the the way that you can approach that kinds of that that kind of an activity or that kind of a learning experience that really breaks i don't know the 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 norm if you will of what they were getting in the formal day school uh and when they'd come to the after school programs how different the experience would be right and for me it was like as i what i realized was that's something that was missing from from my time in formal education right at least until high school high school was a little bit different you had a you know you had some more choice involved in what you wanted to do as a student but Um, For those, you know, elementary and middle school students breaking that norm or providing something different that the novelty of it that captures their attention and then the real value that you see or the real engagement that you see when they're going through it was was awesome.
1: No, yeah, I agree with you on that, you know, and you've hit on so many things that I definitely want to highlight, you know, as we kind of go with the conversation, and I know that we'll tie that in, but I do want to, you know, point out, you know, it's just how amazing you describe that, like, you know, in the formal setting, you know, of course, you create those learning experiences, Mm -hmm. you know, students, uh, you know, approach learning in a certain way, but then the kind of like that freedom that you had in the after school program and now kind of they're they're making that tie from what they learned and then now they're putting it into practice maybe and seeing it physically and you said creating and that really does engage the students and I've seen it firsthand. So I totally, totally agree with what you were saying there. So Ryan, now of course you went from that, you transitioned into we video. So I just wanted to ask you if you can give our listeners just a brief overview of we video and its primary mission in the K
0: 12 space. Sure. Um, So we're a cloud-based multimedia creation and interactivity software um, that is designed to um, be simple, intuitive, and, excuse me, spark creativity in all students at any any level, any ability level, at any age and in any grade. So, um, we are the, the multimedia creation software for all. It's we, we video. Um, we believe that anyone who has the tools in their hands can express creativity uh, through the means of artistic communication. In this case, it's using video or other forms of multimedia or other forms of interactivity to do that. Uh, but that is what we truly found our practices in and our product in as as a company is that we feel that anyone in K-12 education can express themselves and do it in a way that's authentic and that our tool uh, provides the means for you to do that simply and um, not get caught up too much in the specific, um, <clears throat> excuse me, skills of editing, but uh, using the platform to really bring your voice uh, to the fore.
1: Absolutely. You know, And as as an experienced user myself and being able to see what this can do, I myself can attest to what you're saying as far as number one, the simplicity of the platform, mm-hmm. you know, the, the ability of somebody coming in, like you said, with you don't really need that high tech skill. It's mm-hmm. just really very intuitive being able to see the menus and you're like, hey, you know what, I, I, I can do a GIF. Yes. You've got a gift creator. Then you can do a podcast. Then you can create video. And then of course you've got all different sizes of video that you can create. Now for myself, uh, you know, one of my biggest things that I told teachers during COVID too, was, Hey, don't, You know, don't dismiss your videos. Your videos are your resources, and you can repurpose that. So the ability to find a tool where you can actually repurpose and maybe make some cuts or edits that no longer pertain during this time, or maybe if you were talking about COVID, you can kind of you know cut those things out in a very intuitive manner. And then the fact that you can spice things up and sprinkle sprinkle on some greatness with some of the video editing tools that are available. You know, for teachers, this has been Great and an amazing game changer to present their lesson uh-huh. in a different form that students can consume very easily. As we know, we have a lot of students that really nowadays actually consume a lot of video, whether it's on their phone or whether they're playing video games, they're very familiar with uh, that multimedia form. But even the creation portion oh, my goodness, to see students very intuitively and very easily create and share their learning in a wonderful way. To me, that is a game changer. Like you said, being able to create that story and taking ownership. So mm-hmm. that's one thing that I absolutely love. So tell me a little bit more about that, you know, and you, through your experience from what you've seen, because I know you visit countless number mm-hmm. of districts. And if you can kind of share maybe a couple of success stories or sure. just things that you hear from teachers as far as the excitement around we Video.
0: Yeah. And I think I want to uh, just go back and hit, uh, uh, hit on something that you said earlier about, um, How kids consume video all the time, right? And that's absolutely true. And I remember at a time, at the time I was coming into education, we talked a lot about the um, the generational divide of um, technological natives and technological immigrants, and how uh, we were going to be teaching students that were going to be technological natives, right? They were raised around technology on computers, on whatever it is, uh, console video games, on on handheld devices, right? And I feel like now we talk, we're talk, we talking more about um, video being that native medium for students in the classroom, right? And you think about even graduating seniors right now. And I think YouTube was founded in 2005 and that was, you know, 18 years ago. And so you think about how much these students have been immersed in the world of video since they were young. Um, If you know you're a teen now getting ready to go on to college, the medium has changed so much. But for folks like me who have been, you know, out of the teen years for quite some time, uh, you know, migrating to YouTube or some sort of video based medium was not necessarily something that I did. Um, right away, it took me some time to understand uh, the value there uh, from my from my perspective. But if you think about the students being immersed in that world of video, it it just makes sense to bring that authentic experience into the classroom, right? And I get to talk with teachers all all the time about leveraging a young person's interest or a student's interest in what they're doing, right? And video is a very interesting thing for kids, and it will remain to be, and it will gain even more traction in the years to come. So um, I just wanted to go back and kind of elaborate on that, because I think that's an important distinction to make, right? We're all I mean, there is a generational divide in acceptance of technology still. I still see it, but it's more so the acceptance of using video as a medium for not just consumption, but for communication and for creativity and for production, right? And so that's a lot of the benefits that we talk about. And so some examples of that, right? And if you have schools out there or teachers or tech coaches or whomever out there that buy into that idea, you're going to see those things show up in their practice. And for me, it's just about you know, sometimes it's just about putting the tool in front of the right artist and watching them work with it because they understand what the value is. Sometimes it's changing the mindset, but most often I get the privilege of, of coaching folks on how to take the tool and, and and do the amazing things they do with it. So we've seen lots of applications of in, like from a teacher perspective, instruction in video that's then delivered to students so that it's a self-paced way to uh, consume content that they want to maybe, you know, pre-load uh, an activity with some background content knowledge or they want to, um, you know, they didn't have time to get to something so they've made a, they've made video content for it and the students can watch that at their own pace, right? So that kind of flipped learning environment that video really enables and we've seen that um, Virginia B uh, city schools in Virginia uses WeVideo district wide and a lot of their, their teachers and their tech coaches use WeVideo to create instructional content that students will watch, um, you know, at their own pace to create a different kind of learning experience. Um, you know, if, at the student level, there's just hundreds of use cases I could talk about, but I think some of the more um, successful ones that we've seen is the application of taking maybe your traditional, Um, I don't know, essay in language arts or in social studies and turning that into a a PSA or a piece that's more visually communicative. So you're adding both your the text based format and the spoken word format to visuals to create a more multimodal experience. And you you see learning um, that can be represented in multiple ways and students being able to share what they know differently that you might not have gotten from that just traditional pencil and paper essay or pencil and paper maybe a typed essay right uh showing my age there saying pencil and paper (laughs) who does a pencil and paper essay anymore uh but (laughs) you know what i mean so like those those examples um i think the success story i do highlight uh often it comes from one of our former we video employees who was a former we video user um uh, dina Delary and she's uh was you know worked a lot with we video and specifically in math and in ninth grade algebra even was using we video to help students that just were you know banging their heads against the wall about homework or about understanding conceptually what like algebra was supposed to be and having a really difficult time elaborating on um you know their learning like showing their learning showing mastery over what they they were supposed to be showing mastery over in the classroom And she utilized the format of video to allow a student who was struggling to express their knowledge in a different way and demonstrate mastery in a different way. And it began to click for that student. Um, And so utilizing a different medium in math video to uh, make your thinking visible or to show that you actually have mastery over something was, uh, you know, not something that people go to right away, but that can be really powerful to provide that choice for the student to, to feel confident enough to say, you know what, I actually do know this. I was just having a hard time showing you that I know this in the way that I'm supposed to be showing you that I know, you know what I mean? Like in that traditional way. So by flipping that on its head and offering a new medium to express themselves, it was a a really powerful aha moment for both the teacher and that student.
1: Um, no, and you know you've hit on so many great things there, and and I'm just going to reiterate what, everything that you said, in, in the sense that through my own personal experience, also like you mentioned, video is being so powerful, and the fact that you have given a student an option, and and you said it very well. Many times a student may not be a great writer, like myself. I'm not a great writer, but right. I can do a video and I can show you instead yeah. of writing it down, but. The, the power that you have there also as that beautiful learning artifact that you have. And one thing that you mentioned, too, also, like for a lot of teachers that may be worried, like, well, you know, I don't want to appear on the screen. I don't want to, you mm-hmm. know, show my face and so on. I mean, you don't have to. Like you mentioned, it, it's like you can have that mix of you can have a slide, you can screencast within WeVideo and your student is doing the voiceover but you're hitting on the language acquisition. You've got that, you know, multimodal learning. And then what I always tell teachers is you actually have a learning artifact that you have proof of not only your teaching and how the student is interpreting your teaching and mastering, or maybe there might be some deficiencies. So was it, what you're hearing on the video, is it a misconception that a lot of students had? Or is it something that you you said, oh, well, maybe I messed up there and I didn't explain this correctly? And you're working back and forth, you know, with that. But also when you do have those meetings, like today we were talking about, you know, RTIs, we were talking about uh, ARD meetings, 504s, and all those meetings that students with additional supports may need. And many times teachers show up really with very little evidence other than paper, Uh, Tests or written, you know, and instead of having the ability to show video as part of the expression of learning and showing how the student maybe has started the year, maybe it's a emergent bilingual student and where they're at now, midpoint, and where they are at at the end, it's it's evidence of learning and evidence of growth, and that's why I'm a big proponent of video and being able to again share the learning in a different way. And other than, like we said, for ours the traditional pen, right. paper, pencil, yeah, and pencil, paper, and, paper. and yeah. so on, you know. And I think that is so important for students, even more so nowadays, in the fact that a lot of them, you know, if if they don't understand maybe a particular teacher that they have, mm-hmm. they're gonna go to YouTube and they're gonna find right. a video. That's you right. Know? and the, and that's they're gonna go to video. So you know, there's nothing to be afraid of on the video side of it. I think it's just really. Sometimes I feel uh, as educators, uh, b- we've been doing this for such a long time, and just to give a little bit of control and or mm-hmm. you know give it away, it's like sure. oh, it kind of hurts a little <laughs> bit. But uh, you know, but going back to what we were talking about, because you had so many great points, so if you can tell me just a little bit more as far as. Uh, we video as a whole, like you, you've talked to me about some success stories. You told Uh me, of course, the mission, but let's say that I am a brand new teacher and I'm one of those teachers, whether I'm brand new or actually veteran, and I'm a little reluctant, you know, as far as really applying the tech. and, you know, so what would be some ways that you would recommend, you know, for somebody that you would say, Hey, let's just start. And, you know, get over that little hump of that fear. What are some suggestions or things that you might be able to help them with?
0: Um, great question as always. And something I also ask uh, folks who have had on pre- on shows that we've done, or we video, like that is something that I think is really palpable for people because you do want to, okay, all of this sounds great, right? Like you could talk about the benefits of this. And I think a lot of people are starting to understand the benefits, but how do I get there? How do I actually do what you're saying is going to be really great for students, right? Because there is a slight, a little bit of a learning curve when you're, when you're approaching a new technology. Um, I would say start small, always start small, always think of a project that you've done um, in your curriculum uh, that you fit into the way you teach um, into your content area uh, that you've done a lot. That could be an easy lift for you content wise and apply the tool. So, again, WeVideo is just a tool, right? It's a vehicle to deliver content or it's a vehicle for students to demonstrate learning in a new way. So I wouldn't think of it as like this new way of approaching teaching because your teaching um, can apply to the tool. Um, So take, for example, uh, you know, a beginning of the year activity uh, in middle school that you might do to have students introduce themselves or even upper primary or lower middle school or upper middle school, an introductory activity. instead of doing a traditional um, maybe three and me where they share vo- verbally about or they write or they draw or they you know make a PowerPoint presentation about, think about doing a gif um, that would take 45 45 seconds in length, right? grabbing images from the stock media library. And dragging and dropping them onto the timeline and organizing them so they come up one after the other and they repeat as a GIF because in WeVideo you can do GIF projects that are meant to be quick. They're only 45 seconds in length total, not not creation time but runtime, right? Uh, and doing doing those small those small projects um, to to feel out the tech, uh, but also to get your students excited about doing something new because you're gonna find that your students are going to take to this most likely faster than you might. And I think a lot of people who recognize that are more willing to jump in um, and try it, but but start small. Start with, start with that, that activity that you've done, you could do in your sleep. It might be a beginning of the year, it might be a small middle of the year vocabulary project that you feel like could turn into a video project. Like if you're doing, we, used, we have this great template for frayer models. If you do frayers um, in, in your classroom, it's an application to video where you're, you're having the four images or you have the four text boxes describing a concept. You turn it into a quick GIF or short video. Um, something that's, that's not going to take a, a long time, but something you can test the tech out or test the tool out with your students and get feedback and see how that worked. And and then learn how it might apply in, in your context, and it's nothing more than that, really. It's really doing a simple activity to get yourself just in into the software and and learning with the students. Um, and I always tell people like it's it's great to learn from your students. Like that's yeah. that was what was great about about make about the makerspace that I try maker centered learning that I try to apply here is that. One, it's going to be controlled chaos if you've not done it before and being okay of living in that chaos a little bit. But two, understanding that your students are going to give you feedback all the time on what they're doing because you don't really have, you might have the framework for this and you might know what you want, but you don't know where the process is going to take the students and you're going to learn from that. And that feedback is going to help inform all the other things you might want to do with them in the future.
1: Yeah. And that's one thing that I love that you mentioned, you know, although, yes, we video is intuitive for a lot of teachers, obviously, if they're coming in and this is something new, it's going to take a little bit of practice, but you're absolutely right. One of my favorite things, right. Was learning from my students because for them, it's like you mentioned, they're probably going to, you know, get on and they're going to know exactly what to do in, in a minute's time, but learning from them, it's okay. You know, I always say it's okay to not know everything, <laughs> So um, but you're learning from them. And then as you go on from that first class to your next class, Uh now you look a little bit more comfortable, you seem a little bit more like the expert. And by the time you get to the end of the day, it's like, oh, I already know this and you're set and you're done. So I absolutely love that. And so that's great advice, you know, just simply You know, take it one little step at a time and just practice it. And what I love is that, you know, the the activities that are already there and the resources actually that you all have available, too, is a great way to start and not feel like, oh, my gosh, I don't know where to start. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. There are some great exemplars there, too, as well, that you can go ahead and try out on your own first and, you know, test the waters. So now going back to the student side of this, Ryan, I wanted to ask you. Uh, you know, as far as you, the platform itself, you know, how important is it, or at least through your experience that you've seen, and, and you can speak about your experience, and then of course, with the experiences that you've had with other school districts, is really having students feel empowered mm-hmm. through the use of WeVideo. Video. Tell us a little bit about that.
0: Yeah, I think for me personally, I, I discovered the power of using a medium like Video or or multimedia, I should say, because I, I did a lot of work with Scratch, right? And I'm gonna, I'll take this to we video, but I want to start there because I did a project on digital stories telling and how that impacted identity and agency in in elementary school kids, right? Telling a story in a in a medium that's not necessarily designed for that, because Scratch is a video game platform, primarily a design platform, uh, but we use it to tell stories, and so the act of telling that story, uh, the act of um, sharing who you, a little bit of who you are through this medium was very powerful. And, and you could tell, not only was it fun, but it, it you could really tell that the students felt uh, like they had a, an opportunity and a platform to share their voice. Um, and uh, that applied to the work here at Video. So in my experience, right? Like putting a, putting story elements or putting the concepts of storytelling over Uh, a a project or an assignment or an activity really does allow for students to feel like they have a platform in which to share their stories. And so um, we've seen this in um, a district we're working with in uh, San Francisco, where you have students able to to share their lived experiences and the through the power of video. And that in itself is an empowering act. And, you know, we had the the educator that was leading this program shared with us that she didn't really know what to do with the tool. She knew the project and the project was on environmental justice and activism, but in in the, and the students experiences in their lives with that and how to bring that to, you know, to the public, right. Or to the audience beyond the walls of the classroom was something that she was really um, passionate about. And so she shared that. She's like, I didn't know what to do with this, but I shared it with my students. I was like, here's another way to do this project. And they all took to it and they were teaching each other and going back to that question about like how to, how to dip your toe. Right. She took it to the extreme and was like, here, go with it and learn this. And I, and they did, and they were successful. But I think the more poignant piece to that is that they had a way of really amplifying the way that they lived and the way they experienced the the subject matter that they were asked to to create right um on those projects so that was a really um for me listening in on that and i got a chance to go to to, to hear that in person it was just another sort of you know um component to why storytelling and why the video the medium of video can be so powerful and empowering to the the people who are utilizing it yeah that is powerful
1: and that's and you know I love the way that you make those connections you know and the storytelling the empowering and that's something that I honestly feel that we need more of in our classrooms more of that student agency and again just speaking from my experience and what I see I know that many times it's it Time is of the essence. And and we know Uh that teachers, there's never enough time because then there's always something new that may be added to their plate and so on. But like you mentioned, just the way that the platform is laid out, I I always say, you know, the, the return on investing that time will definitely pay off in dividends on that return on instruction
0: Uh because
1: you can tie it in into not just this one lesson, but, you know, in many future lessons and it could be an ongoing project of lessons and you're creating all of a sudden a video portfolio out of what it is that you're covering. And it doesn't have to feel burdensome, but at the same time the student has that creative freedom as long as maybe the, the teacher creates a rubric, but they have that agency, they get to be heard, they get to really uh, expand their voice and really show who they are through yes. the learning process. And I think that is something that's very powerful. So absolutely love that. So, Ryan, now, you know, we know that tech is advancing very fast and very quick you know it's like every day we wake up and there's a thousand new platforms a thousand new apps and so on but as as much as you know the technological advances that we have seen within our education space i want to ask you where do you see we video maybe within the next in the next three years um you know especially here in in our k-12 um you know landscape sure
0: yeah, so I think you know like you said, tech is advancing all the time. The markets become saturated with tools that purport to do this, that and the other thing. Uh, and, and I think the tools that will be stickiest are the ones that can demonstrate that there is a powerful impact to student learning outcomes. And so what we what we videos, um looking to the future for is ways to demonstrate that right ways to demonstrate that video has an impact on student learning outcomes so we you know as an organization are looking to the future with those kinds of things in mind and understanding that when districts go to evaluate and then to purchase tools you really um want to be able to say with data and evidence that uh your your tool and remember we're just we're all just tools here can demonstrate to help teaching and learning and help instruction and to help those those students um in in whatever the district has uh for their five three or five year plan right connections to those strategic plans to those initiatives making sure that that's going to align with with their goals for their students right where do they want their students to be what are those outcomes in? And like I said, the stickiest tools are going to be ones that can can deliver on that. And so, you know, we have moved into um, the space of more video, right? We were a video creation for a long time. In the last year, we've added a technology to add um, interactions on top of video content. So video content you produce in video, or you bring in from third-party video hosts where you can actually add Um, uh, The opportunities for students to interact with video content, whether that be in a video based lecture, whether that be in a skills assessment, whether that be uh, for formative or summative assessment, whether that be for a homework assignment, whatever it is. However, you instruct your students uh, through video, you can add those interactions to it. So, again, that just adds to to the the space in which video is moving into where it's creation but it's also consumption but you want that consumption piece to be active not passive and you want students engaging with the content rather than just passively consuming it and then regurgitating it back to you so i think in, in a way you have to have those two components as part of your video learning environment and so that's where that's where we've decided to 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 take ourselves in, in into that, in that stickier place, right? Making it a, a tool that you can get, you can access student empowerment and agency and voice and choice through the multimedia creation, but then you can also support learning through interactive video. And again, creating an, an environment in which you can really say this tool impacted student learning outcomes. Absolutely. And for districts, that's that's important. It's really important. Yeah, especially absolutely. in the post-covid educational landscape, right? Where people are very 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 focused on that.
1: Yeah, for sure. But definitely the stickiness definitely does help mm-hmm. and and like you said, you know, from my experience and from what I've seen, you know, it, it really has it's really multifaceted, like you said. I mean, a, a lot of people just may not understand and they see, oh, well, it's just another video platform. But what you get to do and what the students get to experience, what the teachers are able to create, and again, we're learning from one another. And it, it is a tool that I know can definitely grow Within Mm -hmm. those strategic plans, like you said, you know, we need to prepare our students with those future ready skills. And a lot of the future ready skills will involve a lot of multimedia creation. I mean, we're seeing it everywhere. We're consuming it everywhere. And even as educators, we're on the socials trying to find new ideas and new lessons. So it's interesting that we ourselves are consumers but yet when we're in the classroom, oh, no, 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 we're not going to create video. We, we got to keep it traditional. <laughs> right. But wait right. a minute. I mean, we're right. learning through video. Why not allow our students to learn through video also as well? And right. so that's something that, that I find very interesting. But also uh, one of the things that you were saying, you know, the, the stickiness part. You mentioned there's a lot of duplication. There's a lot of, you know, uh, platforms that may do many things. But you mentioned one thing that is very important is sometimes – whatever the that instrument or that tool is may look very shiny it may look great but is there any data behind that and mm-hmm. i know that as far as we video is concerned i know that you guys have a lot of data that you gather from a lot of the districts that you work with and and you, you really use that data as your feedback to really improve things on the platform so i definitely applaud you for that and the work that you're doing in that sense as well. All right. So before we start wrapping up, uh, Ryan, I just wanted to ask you now, kind of like a, may, maybe a personal, at least your personal view on this, but, you know, from your journey that you've had from being in the classroom to being a director, working with STEM and now, you know, being at Video, I wanted to ask you what, uh, or how has your perspective on ed tech? Or how has it evolved now from when you started to where you're at now?
0: That's a great question. Um, You know, for me, it was the, it, it didn't, so because, you know, I was around it, I've been around it for a long time, you know, in 2016, when we were doing it in after school programs and in summer camps, it felt very misunderstood. So when we would do summer camp programs Using Scratch or Roblox or Minecraft, or even making right, parents would be very confused about how this was educational at all, um, about how it applied to like academic skill building and like what what you could what you could actually do. Like my kids are just playing games in Roblox. It's like no, actually they're learning a ton of skills, <laughs> and they're and same with Minecraft, right? And I think where my perspective has changed is that I. Felt like I assumed, right? I brought a bias into this where it was just like, well, I mean, this, I mean, can't why can't you see this? Like, this makes total sense to me. How does it not making any sense to you? And as as I evolved through my time in that space, and then in graduate school, and then now working at WeVideo, it's like it's about that mindset shift. And not everybody is there. Not everybody is where you are in your understanding of how this is impactful or why this is education value or why this is ed- an educative experience for students, right? Uh, parents and uh, teachers at times still have to shift that mindset. And so it's not coming at it from the perspective of that, uh, that biased perspective of, well, of I mean, why can't we be innovative right? Like, why, why, what's, why are we, why, why are we not to more like, how do I do the work of educating or promoting or convincing that sort of shift away from the old into the new, right? And not coming at it from this assumption that it's just because we're doing something means it's going to change. There's real work behind that to do in order to shift those barriers, right? Um, to accessing technology, or to promoting why it's important to use with kids, or getting people off the fence, or whatever it is, right? So it's it's more of a it's more of a a um, bigger picture approach, I guess that I have now because I've seen so much. I've seen so much resistance that I think it pushed me into that sort of viewpoint of it's not you can't and you can't go in with a battering ram. You have to create a space by which you can create that understanding and promote the benefits.
1: I love it. Thank you so much for sharing that experience. And Ryan, thank you so much for just really sharing your overall experience. Obviously, you know, from the classroom now to WeVideo and really, you know, sharing with us uh, the power of multimedia creation, the power of WeVideo in creating authentic learning experiences, uh, really student agency, really amplifying voice, amplifying creativity and all that great stuff that I, I know that I see. We can definitely use a little bit more in the classroom. So yeah. thank you so much for being here this evening. I really appreciate it. But before we wrap up, we've got the last three questions. And I know, yeah. I I know, I know. And maybe if you're a fan of the show and you've seen the show, you know what questions will be coming up because I forgot to put them on the calendar invite. Okay. Uh, just to prep you. But I think it's you might fine. be a little bit familiar. Okay. But before we get into our last segment, again, definitely want to give a big huge shout out to Goose Chase for sponsoring my EdTech Live. So please make sure that you dive into the world of interactive experiences with goose chase, the ultimate platform for creating delightful scavenger hunts. And again, please make sure you use code my 10 for a 10% discount off of any school-wide district-wide, or even any classroom, uh, Uh, plans that you may be interested in so please make sure you check that out don't miss out at goosechase.com all right here we go last three questions right so as you know you know superman's greatest weakness was kryptonite so in the current state of education i would like to ask you what is your current edu kryptonite
0: my current edu kryptonite um uh Gosh, I, I guess it would have to be uh, a willingness to try. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, like, give me at least something to, tr- like, g- have an open mind. If you're not willing to try, that's that's my kryptonite.
1: Okay, perfect. I like that. It's simple, but there, yes, I I, I could definitely see that for sure. <laughs> yeah. All right, right here we go. Question number two. If you could have a billboard with anything on it, what would it be and why?
0: if i could have a billboard with anything on it what would it be and why um i would have a billboard uh advertising your local bakery because i believe one in local business but two the best baked goods you can ever get is from a local source and i love bread and all things bread, and we have a great one in the town I live in. So I would make an advertisement for that local bakery. Oh my god! Support yeah. local business.
1: Yeah, I think we just became best friends because <laughs> I am a bread lover. I love bakeries, bake shops, anything. It doesn't matter. I, uh, yeah, bread is one my weakness for sure. That's my yeah. kryptonite. So yeah, yeah. You know? yeah. So for sure, we. I think we just became best friends today. All right, my last question to you, Ryan, is. Um, aside from work, you know, I, so I want to ask you, what is a hobby or favorite activity that, if you could turn into a full-time profession, you would definitely do that in a heartbeat?
0: Uh, I'm gonna go right back to food because <laughs> I enjoy cooking. Uh, it's one of my one of my passions and hobbies. I do I cook for my family, cook for my friends. If I could do it as a profession, I'd I could I could see myself as a chef for sure. Perfect. Excellent, Ryan.
1: Well, my friend, thank you so much again for being here, making some time to be a guest on my EdTech Life. And again, thank you so much for sharing your story, your experience, obviously the work that you're doing through WeVideo and sharing the wonderful work that you are seeing educators, or I should say the successes that you're seeing educators and students that, that they're having through the use of this platform and amplifying creativity, amplifying voice and learning, you know, again, through multimedia projects. So thank you so much for the work that you are doing. I wish you the best, continue doing it, my friend. And I definitely look forward to seeing you at a conference soon. Yeah, you know, absolutely. I don't know, we'll probably be bumping into each other at a couple of conferences in the next couple of months or so. So definitely absolutely. looking forward to hanging out and, um, you know, meeting in real, well, seeing each other again in real life. Yep. So that'll be great. And maybe we'll break some bread this time for sure. Oh, that'd be
0: great. That would be fantastic. <laughs> well, I'll be in Georgia for GAETC, and then I'll be at TCEA in, in February. So I'm there sure across one of those, we'll have to break some bread.
1: For sure. I'll definitely be at TCEA. So nice. we'll definitely make a make it can. a point there to break some bread. But again, fantastic. thank you so much. And again, to all our audience members that were checking this out live or those of you that are listening on the replay or rewatching the episode, as always, thank you. Thank you so much for making my edtech life what it is today. We do what we do for you. And our passion is just to bring you amazing conversations with amazing educators, creators, professionals, education practitioners, edupreneurs, and Everything of the sort that you can learn from, that you can go ahead and take from and sprinkle on to what you are already doing great. So, as always, thank you for all of your support. Please make sure you stop by our website, guys, at myedtech.life, myedtech.life, where you can check out this amazing episode and the other 231 episodes where again you will see some amazing educators hear some amazing conversations and definitely be picking up some knowledge nuggets that you can use and please make sure that you follow us on all your favorite podcast players we're on Spotify Apple Podcast you know we're on Google Podcast so check out our website and that is where you can connect with us also and especially on all social media give us a thumbs up give us a like on our YouTube channel as well we definitely want to get to a thousand uh, subscribers so we would definitely appreciate that. But as always, don't forget until next time, stay techie.